You've stopped in at the guidepost. Brought to you by the American Saltwater Guides Association. Stock up on gear, grab a coffee at the counter, and get ready to hear incredible fish stories from the best captains on the East Coast and thought-provoking conversations with stakeholders and policymakers working to protect these fisheries. This podcast is presented by Costa Sunglasses. Hey everyone, welcome to the Guidepost. This is going to be a real super duper quick one. Cody's here with me. How are you doing today, Captain Rubner? I'm sunburnt. I'm tired, but there's no rest for the weary. Let's chat about our friend, the false albacore. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, hopefully y'all saw social media the other day. Uh, you're going to probably see a lot more of it over the weekend up until Monday. And then certainly again, you know, before the 21st and the 22nd, but big, uh, Big shout out to uh, North, the state of North Carolina for proposing some rulemaking on false albacore. Cody, this is the first of its kind along the coast, correct? Yeah, and it's uh, it's really interesting because I think this lays a really good groundwork, really good framework for where we've been going with the whole Albi project. This one largely seems to fit pretty nicely into the middle of the first building block of a proactive uh, protection for the future of the fishery. So let's tell everyone listening how how absolutely guardrail this guardrail management is, and that is not a slight to North Carolina. I mean, look, they're they're the first uh, they're the first state that that came up and said, "Hey, let's put something on the books." So, um, as we all know, false albacore aren't managed. Um, when we went to the managers a few years ago, they said, we don't have the science much in the, uh, much in the brand game of the guides association. We said, hold my beer. We will hire people to do the science. And that is what we are in the middle of doing right now. So, uh, so as the preliminary data is rolling in, it looks like the stock is connected. Uh, through the DNA work, the initial DNA work has given us indications of that, as well as the telemetry studies. And what we're getting from the Floyd tags, the traditional tags, is definitely supporting what we're seeing in the in the telemetry studies. So um, let's get right into what the rule says, and then we're going to roll right into how you can make a difference. Real quick. Yeah, take it away, Cody. Part A, uh, if the level of landings of false albacore in a calendar year exceeds 200% of the five-year average of North Carolina recreational and commercial landings combined from 2018 to 2022, the fisheries director shall issue a proclamation as set forth in paragraph B. And then paragraph B is, in accordance with paragraph A of this rule and after prior consent of Marine Fisheries Commission, the fisheries director shall, by proclamation, impose the following requirements on taking a false albacore. One, for recreational purposes, specify a bag limit not to exceed 10 fish per person per day, not to exceed 30 fish per vessel per day, and part two, for a commercial fishing operation, specify a trip limit not to exceed 3,500 pounds in any one day or trip, whichever is more restrictive. Okay. That's a lot of words. Tony, what the hell does it mean? They took the landings from 2018 to 2022, added them all up, averaged them out, 
And if in, in any given year, if landings exceed 200% of that, they're going to put in guardrail management that says that a commercial vessel is limited to 3,500 pounds a day and uh, recreational fishermen are limited to 10 fish per person per day or a boat limit of 30 fish. Um, so like these aren't, these regulations aren't even really going to go into place unless there's like a meteoric rise um, in, in harvest, like doubling of harvest. Um, and, you know, I think, I think to North Carolina's credit, they were super thoughtful about this. Um, first and foremost, you know, the 3,500 pound vessel limit, I think uh, 58% of all the commercial catches in North Carolina are under 50 pounds. Um, it seems like a lot of those are generated from the Spanish mackerel and king mackerel uh, commercial fishery where the, uh, the false albacore are a bycatch. Um, I think it was, my gosh, it was like next to nothing. Um, you know, it was, I think it was like 3% of total landings were over 500 pounds. So, uh, the way that they came up with 3,500 pounds is that is the daily max for, uh, for Spanish mackerel and a couple other species. So it's just, it's almost like nothing extra to remember for the commercial sector. Um, and you know, it, I mean, it's, it's pretty simple stuff. So, you know, what does the science say, Cody? I mean, you know, what have we learned so far from this, this little exercise of the Albi project? We've learned that this is very, very highly likely one connected coast. And so when we look at whether they're named different things, called different things, chased different ways or landed in what seems to be different size classes. There's a little bit of variety in the role of false albacore and nearshore, inshore, and offshore angling um, on the East Coast. But what we're seeing from the data is this is one connected stock. And so when you look further up the East Coast, where there's just a little bit less overall diversity of, of top angling targets, every fish matters a little bit more. And so recognizing that some of the southern states, which have markets that may be growing and uh, have maybe a longer total fishing season with access to this fishery, they are enjoying the same resource that the New England states get to. And we've seen fish across state boundaries um, start to align on management in the southeast. And, uh, you know, I think it's in the same ballpark of like recognizing that we all have our hands on one resource that might migrate, but that it is a shared resource. And the goal would be is that you start to find some precautionary action that sets a, you know, stage for a bright future for the fishery. So, uh, you know, I think one of the biggest things and why North Carolina is kind of taking the first step is out of all those fish um, that we tagged in uh, Nantucket Sound the first year of the Albi project, 40% of them appeared off North Carolina. And that's, that's a lot of, that's a lot of fish. Yeah. Because remember, I mean, North Carolina has got a lot of receivers. Um, they monitor those arrays very well, but you know, when push comes to shove that fish, 
these tagged fish have to send, uh, swim awfully close to the receivers. So, you know, it's, it's very likely that that 40% was potentially even higher. Um, because, you know, maybe a fish was swimming around out there and it just didn't get close enough to one of the receivers. The sample size on those acoustically tagged fish in the first year is less than 100 total fish. So in the entire grand scheme of the Atlantic Ocean, you got less than 100 fish that got a little beaver attached to them, and almost half of them went from one place straight to another place. In a very short amount of time, impressive amount of time. Yeah. You know, I... I'm I'm sure I'm sure Cody is gonna put all the resources on our social media to kind of direct people. Um but the the written comment, um North Carolina Marine Fisheries Commission has a comment for portal with a form. Um and the best way to tell you where that is is just again have the link on on social and please go to our blog it's it's the newest blog that's up it's it's really not hard to find on saltwaterguidesassociation.org that resource blog the call to action false albacore blog is in every the link will be on every social post from the last one all the way through next week it's in all the link and bios on the social accounts and also like you said the latest blog we probably won't put another blog live between now and this deadline so it is the most recent item on all of the given digital channels that you can find yourself to. Don't be afraid to comment on that online portal if you're not from North Carolina, because it is a connected stock. And I think, you know, especially if you travel to North Carolina, you know, our guides down there rely on tourism in the fall. Um, and it's just, it's such an iconic place to go catch false albacore and um and you know absolutely beautiful place and we know a lot of people travel there to do that so uh if you're if you're one of the travelers or you know hey if you're even in cape cod and you just love albies guess what you know this is this is going to impact uh this is probably going to impact massachusetts and several other new england states because um you know, if North Carolina does this, uh, other states are probably going to be pushed into into doing it as well. So, you know, when kind of when one when one domino falls, the rest fall. So please I'm begging you, like if you're not from North Carolina, if you're not going to be around uh, the Newburn Middle Front Doubletree Hilton where the meeting's going to be, please beg you click that link. The form is super easy ask you what state you're from to, you know, just tell them, thank you so much for considering this and that you support it. This does not have to be the Gettysburg address. Uh, all they, all they really do is count how many people support and how many people are against the in-person stuff. Uh, you have two choices. If you're anywhere around New Bern, 6 p.m. on February 21st or 9 a.m. on February 22nd, just like we tell anyone who goes to these public comment periods, you know, be respectful, be professional. You have three minutes. If you go to three minute and one second, they may cut you off. That's not a lot of time. You don't have to say very much, um, but it's the Doubletree uh, by Hilton Hotels, New Bern, 
uh, Riverfront, 100 Middle Street, New Bern, North Carolina. And again, that's 6 p.m. February 21st or 9 a.m. February 22nd. So you get there or you got the common portal open and what are you going to say? And, and I think the, you know, I think the, the big one is that look, Cody brought this up in the very beginning is like, so let me get this straight. These regulations only get triggered if it goes over 200% of the average of the last five years, 2018 to 2022. And the commercial limit will be limited to 3,500 pounds per day, which is the exact mirror reflection of two very robust fisheries, Spanish mackerel and king mackerel. Um, and you're looking at 58% of commercial landings were under 50 pounds. And, and the, the thing to remember here is these limits are not hurting any businesses. And in fact, in a certain respect, they're actually protecting the small artisanal commercial fishermen because uh, it, it, it at a 3,500 pound boat limit or the risk of going 200% of, of the 300 and something some odd pounds that were caught in the previous years averaged out, you know, if somebody's really vehemently opposed to this, it kind of throw up a couple of red flags. Because really what this is doing is just saying it kind of puts the brakes on a, a non-small scale commercial fishery and our fear of a large scale industrial type commercial fishery. Um, you know, there's also like real simple things like it's 2024 and it's kind of unimaginable that a fish that, you know, does half a million targeted trips a year has no management you know people truly rely in in certain areas of the coastline people truly rely on these fish and all we're asking is let's not let this get out of hand it's a lot easier to protect something while everything's okay versus try to crisis manage something that is getting in trouble well i think that's important what you just hit on right is that there's always a lot of there's always a, a lot of people that try to box fisheries management into the regulatory oppression of what it means to yada 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 and, and in reality like you said this is not putting anyone out of business this is not constricting anyone's opportunity to run business this is setting hey we are going to keep an eye on this fishery and if we think any given year there's really been a big boom compared to on average what this fishery is for us then we'll put in very marginally constrictive regulations it's like it's it's such a such a far layer away from you know i think i think cody one of the things is uh the majority of that community of our community in north carolina you know, yeah, okay, look, they have a more dynamic fishery than let's say, you know, some of by dynamic, they have more shit to catch and they have a they have a longer season than let's say our community in New York or Connecticut or Massachusetts or Rhode Island. But you know, this probably represents two and a half, two plus months of of their of their guiding. And, you know, look, it's 
they, these are good trips for them. They're, they're probably clients that travel that come in. So it's a multiple day thing. Um, yes, the weather can be bad, but you know, all we're asking is just something to stabilize this. And when the people get off the boat from our guides and they have a really good trip, they can turn around and with confidence and say, Hey, I'm going to book you for next year. Cause I know the Albies will be here. I mean, that's, that, that's all that we're trying to do. This takes nothing away from anyone and as a matter of fact, it offers, I think, long-term stability. And again, I just, I just want to point out that North Carolina did a very good job writing this rule, this proposed rule. Um, and the other thing I want to point out is, you know, look, you never know what's going to happen when they sit down at the table and discuss this. And, you know, you can take your best guess at votes, um, but I think our best guess is this is going to be really close and it's going to come down to one or two votes. And I think it is critical, important, like level, you know, DEFCON level midnight that they see a lot of comments that we put our people in the room. Um, and, you know, the coolest thing about all of this is this could actually happen with with the right support i will say that you know the worst possible scenario for us is that they kick the can down the road just because the rulemaking process in north carolina much like many other states is pretty laborious and it's probably going to take uh, a little bit of time to get this on the books even if it passes next week so you know, you kick the can down the road, it's not a year, it's multiple years, because it takes a while to get all this stuff in place. Well, one of the things we've heard in the past, right, is the concern about resources, right? All these departments, state departments, federal, um, all the research institutes, resources are very limited. We don't know if we have the bandwidth, the resources. I mean, Tony, what is the resources to implement this rule? Once a year? When all your landings are calculated, you compare it to another number. And as long as it is, it is not double, then you move on. I mean, come on. We manage summer flounder and weak fish. And there aren't any damn weak fish left, not by me. I mean, I know there's a couple in, you know, a couple in the middle, like north, north, mid-Atlantic and, and, the, and the northeast a little bit. But I mean, Jesus. And like winter flounder? Good Lord. Like, I don't know. Um, so, you know, look, as far as resources go, um, this is worth putting some resources into. We're not, we're not talking it. Like you said, we're not talking about fisheries management plans and all this huge taxing, you know, strain on North Carolina. It's literally, like you said, let's check it. Did it go over 200%? It went over 200%. We're putting these rules in place. I mean, geez, I don't really get much simpler than that. So, you know, y'all, please, please. Utilize that public comment guide, our call to action guide. Really simple. It's got it broken down. What's the rule say word for word? What does that mean? Translate it into a paragraph. How is it a win? Translate it into a paragraph. What does the science say? 
one paragraph. And then the last section is you want to comment what, what should you say? And it's got a lot of the talking points we hit on today and a, a few more other metrics we maybe haven't hit. And, and if you're sitting in your truck in a grocery store parking lot and all you got to hit it quick and there's the form, right? Thank you for the proposed rule on Albies and I support it. I support option three. That's option three is, is what we want. So thank you all for listening. Pay attention to social. Please give us literally 30 seconds of your time. Submit a comment. This is not just about North Carolina. It's about false albacore in the entire coast. When the Albi project is in full swing, we get dozens and dozens and dozens of messages across all of our platforms and emails. Everyone wants to put a tag out on a fish. Everyone wants to go fishing. Everyone loves the project and they want to be involved. You want to help out? This 30-second email is better than any fish you can catch and any tag you can put out. I know the second, the latter is more fun. This is where the rubber meets the road. If you really love the Albi project and you want to contribute, hop in the public comment portal, links at the end of our blog, submit a quick 30-second thing, and you've contributed. That's there the we go. What a way to wrap it up. Thank you for hopping on here, Captain. And we'll see, we'll see y'all on uh, we'll see y'all on here real soon. <laughs>